AJ Jones. Monsieur. How are you? I'm good. We still haven't recorded a new song for Question Time. Well, to be honest, I hadn't actually factored in that we would be doing that, given our tiny amount of talent. Uh, uh, don't worry. Don't worry, babe. I'll work on it for you and just get it all sorted out. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> Let's talk about this week, which can be basically condensed into two things. Yes. One, packing. Yes. And two, meeting with people. That's true. Let's talk about packing. Packing. Packing is... If you guys could see the room oh. that we're recording in right now. Oh, honestly. It's... um. It's a lot of work. <laughs> well, the thing is, we've got people coming on Friday and Saturday to yeah. help us load all our stuff into a, a pod. storage pod. That's right. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to work smoothly, we first have to put everything in packing boxes yes, so that we can play packing Tetris easier. Yes. And uh, that's proving to be a lot of work. It's proving to be interesting. And then we have a lot of items that don't fit in boxes easily enough. And I just want to like throw the them children. out. <laughs> I don't want to throw our children out. But I'm like, do we really need this rocking chair? It doesn't fit in a box. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you can't throw out all of our stuff because it doesn't fit in a box. The trickiest thing is packing stuff that you actually need. Yes. Cindy informed me today that, you know, because I've brought the kitchen down to the bare minimum of, of things that I need in a kitchen to yep. be able to function. She said that she doesn't even have all those things in her kitchen normally without half of her kitchen or three quarters of her kitchen packed. <laughs> well, to be honest, you are a kitchen. I don't know what you are. What's, what's the what's the thing that you are with a kitchen? Um, you are to kitchen utensils as I am to apps. Yes, or gadgets, kitchen gadgets. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is we've packed away a lot of our home automation stuff. So I'm going around like a caveman at night turning lights off. It's so bizarre. It's so strange to not just be able to hit one all off switch, but to actually have to go walk around your house. And you said that you were missing Alexa earlier. I I am missing Alexa. I just love that somehow you've fallen into my cunning plan. Yes. Well, she makes my life easier in that I can walk downstairs and say, Alexa, turn on all the lights and they come on. You realize Alexa, that, turn off all the lights. You realize every time you say that, anybody who's listening to this with an Amazon Echoes, their lights are turning on and off. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> the, the second thing we've been doing is, uh, we say this every week, we've had a busy week, well, of, of, of course, but I realize that pastors, which we are, spend most of our time in any one of three different types of meetings. Yeah. The first meeting that we spend time in are ones that we're speaking at, like, a conference meeting or Services, Sunday church yeah. or, and if we're not speaking, we're listening. Like if you're at Emanate teaching, I'm on the front row listening. Yeah. And you have several of those a week. Yeah. Yeah. Less so when we're not teaching school. Yes. And the second type of meetings we have are the meetings, kind of staff meetings, ones where decisions need to be made. Like every Monday we get together with our school staff and we talk about decisions for the upcoming school. We pray for our students. We pray for the upcoming school. We have a pastors meeting every second Wednesday, yada, yada, yada. Right. And then the last type of meeting that we do is when we meet with people who are looking for prayer or wisdom or support or we did all three of those this week. We pretty much do all three of those every week. Every week, yeah. But that was it. Packing. Packing and and meetings. We didn't eat anywhere. We didn't watch anything. I'm trying to make you eat everything out of the freezer. 
Well, ah, we should talk about the fun of you concocting <laughs> meals out of, I've got a half piece of cod, I've got some blueberries. <laughs> I call it kitchen MacGyvering. I call it kitchen lottery. Well, it's MacGyvering. It's looking at all the things that I have and making a masterpiece or sometimes an absolute failure, but mostly it's okay. Have you found anything that surprised you? I, I know I'm leading into something, but I was genuinely wondering, did you find anything this week that you were like, oh, that's where that was? Um, well, now that you said that you're leading into something, I I don't know. Well, no, uh, just did you find anything like one of our children under a mound of cardboard boxes? No, I usually know where they are. Uh, I don't think I did find anything that I didn't. Uh, nope. Not so far. I found our very first iPhone. You did. And it still looks like a nice phone, really. No, it doesn't. It, it looks, does. <laughs> it looks like a nice phone from 2007. Yeah. But it's still like, if you looked at any other phone from 2007, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's a piece of garbage. And the iPhone still looks like a pretty phone. It is. It fits about into 25% of my iPhone 6 mm-hmm. plus. But it's much thicker. It looks like a bar of soap. And I was surprised to find it actually started up. So did you like check out any of the apps on it or anything? No, because I remembered the digitizer on the screen is broken. So only a third of the screen <laughs> responds to taps. <laughs> did we keep this piece of junk? Or oh, we... I'm going to throw it out. I didn't, I didn't know I had kept it. Oh. I'm not particularly nostalgic. So, oh. But here's our topic yes. for this week. Yes. Brought around by finding treasures as you're backing your house. I, I, I posted this on Instagram a couple of days ago. I found some cassette tapes. Remember cassette tapes? Oh, yeah, those little plastic things. Yeah. And <laughs> instantly I looked at these tapes. There are some by Jack Deere and some by John Paul Jackson. And I was instantly brought back to probably like 15 or maybe 16 years ago when I lived in Scotland was a school teacher. I'd, I'd get a ride to school in the morning with one of my colleagues and then I'd walk home. It was probably about a half hour walk home. And I would just listen to these teaching tapes now remember at this point i didn't know anything about the prophetic i didn't know anything about how to hear god's voice i didn't have any teaching on the prophetic but somehow i stumbled across john paul jackson i don't i can't even remember how i ended up doing that and i would just listen to this teaching because i was so desperate to understand this thing about the the voice of god and john paul jackson who's now with the lord sadly I so appreciate his teaching. And so I'm caught right back up with all the feelings, all the emotions of listening to this thing, thinking, could this even be true? I saw these teachings and thought, gosh, I used to listen to all this stuff before I understood any of this stuff. And I actually remember, forget not understanding it, but I I went from not knowing if you could hear God's voice to, you know, reading these books, listening to these tapes, being moved to um, having no experience of hearing God's voice, but hoping it was true based on their stories and their teaching, right. to then believing it was true, to then eventually thinking I was actually hearing God, to growing confidence that I was hearing God, and then finally, like today, I hear God's voice as often as I choose to listen. Right. So it's funny knowing what I know now going back in my memories, remembering, oh, at once, I didn't even know if any of this was real. Right. And so, uh, anyway, I, I just thought it was really funny because I was having these flashbacks, I guess, in, in one sense to, you know, just imagining myself. I, here's what I thought. I imagined my present day self going back in time to my past self saying, hey, when you get into the future, you're going to spend 
large portions of your life training people all over the world how to hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, just thinking how that would have affected my little heart. I think I would have been just filled with unbelief. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think God often moves your heart in smaller steps rather than larger steps because you're right, then we would move in in doubt and unbelief um, instead of in faith, right? But if, yeah, like when I think about any of the big things that God's done, he didn't give me a clue as to those things until I was like a step away from them. That's a really good point. You know, it was it was smaller steps of just like, oh, how about this? Are you a little bit hungry for this? Are you a little bit bothered by this? Bothered enough to look into it? What do you think about, you know? And he, he sort of lets you get aggravated in a good way until you're you're wanting to look for an answer. And I think that was, I think you summarized it brilliantly, babe. You hit the nail on the head because I was laughing that sitting here in this position where I am today, it's almost like, well, of course you listen to you know stuff on the prophetic because that's what you do most of the time. But it didn't feel like that at all. I felt completely bewildered. It felt happenstance that I stumbled onto. It wasn't, I will now learn about the prophetic. It was just, here's this thing. I think it might be true. But now looking back, I'm realizing the the volume of stuff I consumed is really interesting with no sense of purpose or direction that this would ultimately benefit me in the future. Wow. But I think that's what God does with the prophetic. I think he gives us a word to our present that speaks to our future and somehow we gravitate towards that, whether we even realize we're doing that or not. You know, when you get prophesied over and you get this word and seasons pass and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I have kind of gravitated towards that without really understanding that that's happening. Yeah. I think most often... uh it's like God lights something in your heart that may seem really too big uh, for what you can imagine yourself doing. And then you continue plodding on with life right. and just saying yes to God in the smaller things. And before you know it, you're doing the big thing that he was talking to you about. But most often we sort of look back at prophetic words and go, oh, that was in there like, you know, X amount of years ago. Oh, I totally missed that. Right. But I wonder if God opens a door in your heart that, you know, there's just a little part of you that's saying yes. And he's like, I'll take that yes, you know, and then processes you forward through all the things that need to happen to get you there. Well, uh, that's just the nature of God, isn't it? He's Mm -hmm. always, I think everything God is doing is preparation for what he's going to do next. Yeah. And and I started, I was struck by that. I I posted that thing on Instagram and I just thought of these two hashtags, uh, feed your dreams and starve your fears. And I thought, I wouldn't have believed 15 years ago that God was going to do what he's done in these past 15 years. So it got me thinking, what's God going to do in the next 15 years right. that I wouldn't believe my future self if he came and told me? Hmm. Because the thing with God is he he's always going to outdream your dreams. Like all the stuff I dreamed about back then weren't even fully formed dreams. I think probably because I was scared to dream. Like we were talking last week about the importance of learning to celebrate. I, I think we need to learn to dream too, because I realized I put a straitjacket on most of my dreams because I worried that my hopes and aspirations were too worldly. I, I've since learned that God sanctifies everything. Yeah. And we, don't, we think we have to, we, we, that there's a correct way of dreaming. Right. And we don't need to worry like that because whatever you bring to God, your dreams included, 
as a sacrifice, he receives and and in our experience only ever upgrades. Mm-hmm. He's so trustworthy with the future. Mm-hmm. What about some of the things that when you look back 15, 20 years, because you're a little older than me, <gasps> I'm just kidding. Shocking behavior. But when you look backwards, what are you astonished at what God's done? Well, really the whole lot of it. I mean, when I think when I started getting, uh, I think when I started getting prophetic words about, you know, traveling and speaking and all that kind of stuff, I was so far from being in a place where that would really be my reality that it seemed, it seems just lunacy. Right. You know, and it, it wasn't, it was, it was not something I desired to do. Um, but on top of that, it seemed like, God, you, you would have to be crazy to let me do that. You know, like I I just, I know me, I know I'm broken. I can't imagine that I'm ever going to get to a place where you can actually use my life like that. And, uh, psych, psych. And then, you know, but I did say yes. You know, I, I remember going, well, I remember having a conversation with the Lord where I basically said, well, Lord, I say yes, but you've got a lot of work to do, you know, because I, you know, I'll say yes, but I I don't like people that much. I don't like travel. I don't want to speak. Like there's, there's some massive hurdles to get over (laughs) for any of these dreams to be a reality, you know? And it's, it's funny to think, well, and it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took eight years before I spoke the first time. Um, and even then I was incredibly nervous, you know, but it's just like the, the Lord is, is funny cause he'll just take that little yes. And then he, as long as you keep saying yes, he keeps doing what needs to be done to get us where we need to be, which is awesome. I think my favorite prophetic word that you've ever told me you've received is the one that Mark DuPont gave you. Where he said, if you don't want your life, why don't you give it to God and see what he can do with it? Mm-hmm. He's done a pretty good job. Yeah, he's really done a pretty good job. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think the most telling statement you told me was, you were like, Alan, I was the person that people would walk around at church. Like, yeah. don't engage with AJ or you're going to be stuck. She's the trauma-ridden, write-off person who's just going to suck any sort of life out of you. You know, she's yeah. damaged goods. And... I, you're just amazing to me. Like I remember meeting you in 2003 and hearing your testimony and just thinking like you're a testimony of God making all things new because yeah. you don't even have any of the residue of someone who'd been through the trauma that you'd been through. Yeah. I mean, I don't even really know. I suppose I don't really know what people were thinking when they saw me back in those days. I guess I thought that they thought that cause I, I knew what I felt like on the inside. Right. And people didn't really stop and talk to me with the exception of the couple of dads, you know, on the flip side, I was probably putting off the whole stay away from me, you know, kind of scenario. But, um, yeah, I was, I was such a mess on the inside and, and that's where I was when I started getting those words, right? which is just amazing, you know, cause you, I think sometimes even as a prophetic person, you prophesy over someone according to what God's saying about them. And then, you know, sometimes you end up having a conversation with them later and you're like, gosh, I hope I didn't mess that up. Like this person seems pretty far from what has been said, you know, but often God is calling what isn't as though it is. That's his nature. Yeah. He, he speaks a prophetic word so that what he's spoken can come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I'm just thinking, you know, many times I've sort of given a word about something like boldness or, you know, whatever. And then afterwards the person comes up and they're like, thanks, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really not bold, you know, or whatever the thing is. And you're like, okay. I mean, you know that life and death are in the tongue and, and part of, you know, vision is, is starting to receive what God's saying about you and starting to lay down what you think about yourself and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just fun to see. I don't know. I wish you could track everybody you've ever prophesied over and see where they are 10 years <laughs> later. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, and, and what kind of conversations they've had with the Lord and what kind of amazing things he's done on their behalf. You know, aside from destiny and dreams bundled in with that, I, I've just been reflecting on the people that God brings into your life. Yeah. Because there's a dynamic I'm sure we've all experienced. And it's this weird dynamic where you read a book or you listen to a podcast or you hear somebody share at a conference or you read an interview with somebody. And at some level, you find yourself connecting with this complete stranger. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't know them. You've never met them. But there is a connection, this this sense of if we knew each other we could be friends like or i think like you mm. or oh, i i i appreciate that about you yeah and that's awkward because we don't know where to put that feeling we don't know what to do and i've had tons of those through my life right you know re- reading books or listening to teaching or any of the above that i mentioned before but i was i was finding it humorous the other day just thinking that now in this season of my life how many people that I'm in relationship with are those people who I had no way of meeting, no way of connecting, no reason to ever be in relationship with now. Mm -hmm. And so many of my friends, so many of my connections I have are now with people who I used to read about or read their books or listen to their teaching and, or, you know, work with and just think, Lord, that's, that's incredible because never in a million years was like, it's now going to become my aim to meet so-and-so. It was just so absurd. You know, I lived in a completely different country, for example, but I think if I've learned anything from that is actually pay attention to that feeling in your heart. As in, I think it's important to pay attention to what and who your heart is interested in, Mm -hmm. no matter how ludicrous it is. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what's going to happen in two years. You don't know what's going to happen in five or in 10 or in 15. You don't know who you're going to connect with and meet and have this somewhat tenuous shared history. And But I've learned to pay attention to those and then ask God for connections, especially right. people who show up in my dreams. Right. People who show up in my dreams repeatedly. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to foster relationships with these people and I'm not, I'm not intimidated by geography. Right. But I think, too, the key to what you just said is ask God to form a connection. Don't oh. try and form one yourself. Oh, good Lord. That will backfire faster well, than I've, you can I've say. I've watched that backfire where people are just been like, well, you know, I feel connected to this person. So they're in hot pursuit of some sort of connection with them. And I don't mean hot pursuit like dating. I just, no. you know, and and I've never seen that turn out well. No, because the connection is only one sided. Right. And like, you're like, that person doesn't know who you are from Adam. <laughs> so you're going to have to let God start that one up for you. And you're going to freak them out if you're like, oh my gosh, we could be best friends if you just move here. <laughs> right. I've actually only seen that work once. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it work once too. But generally speaking, 
I, I just think I've learned that God is so optimistic about our future. Yeah. He's so forward looking. Yeah. And of course he loves the present, but he's so excited about where we're going and what we're doing. And I think, I, I just thought when he considers our future, why don't we consider it with the same level of excitement or optimism? That'd be good, wouldn't it? So my question for you and for me and for our listeners is, what are you doing to feed your future? Are you wanting me to answer that? No, I'm just throwing it out <laughs> in a rhetorical sense. Like, What are you doing to feed your future? What are you doing now that you have the hopes of it paying off dividends later in life? Relationally, emotionally, spiritually? Physically. Yeah, I just think head. Watch where your attention is headed towards and yeah. and follow it and throw some resources behind it. Yeah. And stop feeding fear. Yeah. Feed your dreams and starve your fears. That's really good, baby. All right. That's that's that was my that's my best thinking so far. I like your thinking. Thanks. It worked for me. All right. I've got a listener's question for you. Okay. This is from Quincy. Hi, Quincy. I'm gonna let you answer it because it's firmly within your domain of expertise. Okay. Hello, my name is Quincy. I listen to your podcast and I really enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I especially enjoyed this last podcast about the orphan spirit. You can tell we're a few episodes behind on our listeners' questions. I was like, "Uh, I don't think that was last week, but okay, good, good, good. I had a few questions. Is the orphan spirit a spirit or a mindset? If it is a mindset, what can I do on my end to renew my mind? Can you suggest some scriptures I can study on sonship? Quincy, um, yeah, it's it's a mindset. It's not a spirit per se. So it's not something that you get delivered from. Typically, it's a way of thinking that we've learned from a number of different sources. So it can be from our upbringing. It can be from our church upbringing. It can be from life experiences with our families, that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of how do you renew your mind, uh, any of the father heart kind of passages would probably work really well for just uh, meditating on those things. So whether you're looking at uh, the prodigal son out of uh, Luke 15 or Romans eight, starting around verse 14, where it's talking about spirit of adoption, Jeremiah 31, is it 31, three? Yep. You know, first John, three verse one, first John four verse sixteen. Like there's there's lots of um verses where it talks about God's unconditional love, the way that he views us as sons. And and really uh the deal is signing up, like sort of saying, Okay, Lord, I I really want to know you like that. I really want to live out of sonship. Lord, would you eradicate anything in me that is really more of an orphan mindset, more that says I have to strive or earn or that I'm on my own. Um, And just allow the Holy Spirit to do that in you. There's also a couple of great resources. You wrote a book. I did. Which is all about journeying from (laughs) thinking like an orphan to becoming a son. Yes. That's called Finding Father. You can look for a link of that in the show notes. But also Jack Frost, who's also with the Lord, wrote an amazing book called From Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. Yep. You can get that. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Both those are excellent resources. Um, But it is so vital. I think the thing that has fueled our life for many, many years is the revelation of the Father's love. Yeah. And the corresponding way of living from that, which we call sonship, which applies to both men and women. 
Sorry that we're a little bit shorter than we um, plan on being, but with our packing schedule right now, we uh, have got still got to edit this and pack before we get to bed. But here's some things for you to go away with. It's our friends, and I keep meaning to mention this, Blake Stratton and Elena Stratton have got a brand new podcast called White Flag Wealth. Look it up on iTunes. It's really, really good. It's all about a journey into abundance. And with that, the shaking off of orphan-like thinking and, and a poverty mindset. They're brilliant. They're super authentic. They're super real, super transparent. I've really enjoyed listening to their episodes this week. I'd really recommend. It's called White Flag Wealth. You can get that on iTunes. If you like listening to this episode of the podcast and you haven't already subscribed, please consider subscribing so you can get free episodes every Monday. Just search for Keeping Up With The Joneses in the podcast app of your choice and hit that subscribe button. If you want the show notes for this particular episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 108. And finally, we'd love it if you'd leave us your review of the show on iTunes. The easiest way to do that from a desktop or a laptop is to visit alanandaj.com slash review, and that will automatically take you to the correct page in iTunes. See you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses If you are a human being There's something here for everyone